I'm opening my Bible again to 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to look at verse 13 in just a moment as we seek to answer a question. And that question is, are you ready? Now, typically, when you hear that question, especially in a church building, you're thinking about, am I ready to meet my maker? Am I ready for the end of time? Am I ready for the day of judgment? If you hear that word at home, you, you may be thinking something else. But that's not what I'm going to be talking about this morning as far as being ready. Are you ready for what I'm going to call the common denominator of Christianity? In fact, I'm going to call it the common denominator of mankind. And that is temptation. It's a common denominator because we all face it. Sometime, perhaps in the next few moments, you're going to be tempted. Or sometime today, sometime tonight, sometime this week. And for the rest of your life, you're going to be tempted to sin. The question is, are you ready? You know, why would you ask that question? Why would I be putting my mind and my thoughts and my energy into preparing for something I really don't want to have to deal with. It's because of what I've already said, and that is, you are going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to deal with temptation because you're going to face it. Do you think you're going to be more successful in facing temptation? Prepared or unprepared? Well, I think you know the answer to that question. You're going to be more successful in dealing with temptation if you're prepared for it. I want to use this passage here in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13 to, to prepare us for the inevitable, and that is temptation. You'll notice here in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13, Peter writes, prepare your minds for action. Now, what does the word action bring to your mind? Is that something that's kind of sort of just a weak issue or, or is that kind of sort of something that, that really is not going to, to, to challenge me that much? When I think of the word action, I think of movement. I think of something that, that, that has some power behind it, something that, that is of, of significance in my life. I mean, I'm going to take action. I'm going to become a man of action. Well, Peter says, prepare your minds for action. And as we think about the temptation that we're going to be facing, how are you going to act whenever you face that temptation? In James chapter 1 and verse 14, and I, I want to say this, that, that is the matter of temptation. It is something that affects the mind. Now, there are temptations that involve the flesh. We read in the scriptures about the lust of the flesh. But we also read about the the lust of the world, and we also read about the pride of life. Not all temptation involves the flesh, but all temptation does involve the mind because of what temptation is. James chapter 1 and verse 14, James wrote in regards to this matter of temptation, but each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Now notice the word his own or her own. It's specific and it is unique to you. 
Lust is a desire for that which is forbidden. It may be something fleshly or it may not be. But the temptation arises in the mind, and if temptation arises in the mind, I need to be preparing my mind for that inevitable, that temptation. Are you preparing your mind for temptation? And really you do that through prayer. You pray about it, and you also do it through study. When you pray, you're praying, you're communicating, you're speaking to God. When Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, he told them to pray to God, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. But we also prepare for temptation through a study of the scriptures. When Jesus faced temptation, how did he respond to the temptation that Satan put before him? He responded by saying, it is written. It is written. In his mind, there was the Word of God, those life-changing words that we spoke about earlier. And so if I'm going to prepare my mind for action, I'm going to have to do that through prayer, and I'm going to have to do that through study of the Scriptures. The psalmist wrote in Psalm chapter 37 and verse 31, the, in regards to the righteous man, the law of his God is in his heart. And the consequence, the result, the outcome, his steps do not slip. You want to be solid? You want to be rooted? You want to be grounded? You want to be ready for temptation? You put the law of God in your heart. Psalm 119, we looked at this psalm earlier. Here is instruction beginning at verse 9 of chapter 119 for the young man, the young woman. And I would just say that this is as applicable to the older as it is the younger. But he asked the question in Psalm chapter 119 and verse 9, how can a young man keep his way pure? How can he? By keeping it according to your word. He's preparing his mind for action. The Bible speaks of fleeing youthful lust. The Bible speaks of resisting the devil and he will flee from you. Well, those are words of action. With all my heart, he writes in verse 10, I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart. Why? That I may not, <coughs> that I may not sin against you. Are you preparing your mind for action? The second thing that Peter calls us to do here is to keep sober in spirit. I, I, I put the word mind out there because he does say sober in spirit. Well, again, why do I need to keep sober in my mind? I can't have a mind that's prepared for action if I'm not keeping my mind sober. Now, let's put this in the physical realm. How many, uh, how many world-class athletes have achieved peak performance in an athletic event while stone cold drunk. Do you see that happening? Now, I'm not talking about rock and roll music. <laughs> they, they may be reaching peak performance while stone cold drunk, but you don't see that in the realm of athletics. They have to keep their minds sober. They have to keep their bodies sober. 
Well, as a Christian who knows that he's going to face temptation, I need to have my thoughts clear. I need to have my mind clear of intoxicating influences. Whatever it is in the world that would take me away from a, a solid walk with God, I need to remove that from my world. I need to take that out of my life. And I'm motivated to do that when I consider the consequences of sin which can result from temptation. James chapter 1 and verse 15, when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Temptation may not seem to be a big deal. And let me just say that temptation in and of itself is not a sin because Jesus was tempted. But whenever I'm tempted, red flags need to go up, sirens need to go off, and I need to start thinking in my mind, what action can I take? What action can I take now in order to overcome this temptation? I can't do that if my mind is not sober. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 7, Peter emphasizes this again in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 7, the end of all things is near. Therefore be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Well, if I'm preparing my mind for action through prayer, then I can't effectively pray if I'm not sober in spirit, in my mind. Chapter 5 and verse 8 Peter writes, to be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. I thought about this recently. I was watching a, a movie about some experience in Africa. And, and I just, having been to Africa several times, I just thought this... This is not true. This is not kind of like your, your Jesus movie experience. You know, this would never happen. This would never happen. And, and some of the things that would happen in the, in, in the movie, someone, someone separated from the crowd. They said, I need to go over here and I need to, how do I say this? Take care of some business. You don't do that in Africa. <laughs> you don't let yourself get out of someone's sight. You never step too far away from the group. Because you never know what's lurking in the bush. Well, we need to have that mindset when it comes to Satan. I need to be sober. I need to be alert because he is a lion. And he's seeking someone. And that someone at some point is going to be you. And he wants you to give in to temptation, the temptation that he puts before you. He wants you to act out on that temptation and to sin and to die spiritually. Are you ready? Are you ready? And then the last thing Peter says is to fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, we talk to, to, to I guess, young people. I, I guess now it's like everybody. You know, any, any given crowd, what do you see? And, and we all do it, don't we? <laughs> you, you go out to eat and you see a, a family of ten sitting at a table eating dinner. They're all doing this. 
They're not talking to each other. Maybe they're, maybe they're texting one another. But nobody ever looks up anymore. You, know, you, want, you gotta watch people walking down the street because they're, they're, they're looking at their phone. Talk about distracted driving. Well, there's distracted walking. And the encouragement that we sometimes see with respect to that is just look up. Look up and see what's happening around you. Well, in the spiritual realm, temptation is coming. So look up. Don't, don't take your mind, don't be distracted so that your hope, your confident expectation of eternal life that's going to be brought to you by virtue of the grace of God at the revelation of Jesus Christ is allowed to be weakened or even destroyed. I like the language of this verse. Fix your hope. Fix your hope completely. You know, we use the word fix in regards to repairs. Well, I don't think that's what he means here. When he says fix, he just means to, to fix it. Get it where it needs to be. Put it in its right place. Maybe it does need to be repaired. But if you want to be effective and efficient even in dealing with temptation, you're going to have to bolster your hope because it is truly the anchor of the soul. And that's how the Bible speaks of our hope. And I'll say once again, when we think of hope, it's, it's not this wish as we think of it in, in life. Well, I hope, I, I hope to be able to travel. You know, well, maybe I will, maybe I won't. No, in, in biblical terms, hope is confident expectation. And, and we need to strengthen that hope because it is the anchor. It's what keeps the ship where it needs to be. Hebrews 6 and verse 19, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul. It is a hope both sure and steadfast and one which enters within the veil where Jesus is entered as a forerunner for us having become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. He's already there. He's our forerunner. He's just waiting for the rest of us to finish the race. That's the confident expectation of which we read about in the Scriptures in chapter 10, verse 23. Verse 23 of chapter 10, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. You can't be prepared for temptation if you're not doing this. For he who promises faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to, to love and good deeds. And please do that before you leave today. Before you leave this building today, before you leave the building Wednesday night, do this because that's why we're here. Stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Whether that's the day of your death or the day of the Lord's return, that day is closer now than it was before I began speaking of it. Encourage others. Strengthen them. Bolster their Hope. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ according to His great mercy. And He has caused us to be born again through, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It is not a dead hope. It is a living hope. 
It is ours because of the resurrection. And it is because of the resurrection that we can look forward to that risen Savior's return. Chapter 3 and verse 15. Speaking once more of the hope, chapter 3 and verse 15. Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Set Him apart. Always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. Are you ready to do that? Well, if you're preparing for temptation, if you know that the temptation is coming and you're preparing your mind for action and keeping sober in spirit, then you can make a defense of the hope that is in you because you know God is on your side. Chapter 3 of 1 John, and we'll close with this. See again the connections. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared to, to us as yet what we will be. We know that when He appears, we will be like Him because we will see Him just as He is. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That time when you will see Him as He really is and everyone who has this hope fixed on Him purifies himself just as he is pure. He's purifying himself so that he can remove the intoxicating influences of the world from his mind and he can be sober in spirit whenever his adversary seeks to tempt him and he is preparing his mind for action so that he will flee whenever that temptation takes place. Are you ready? Are you ready for temptation? Now we'll shift gears and we'll ask, are you ready? Are you ready for the judgment day? If you're here this morning, listen to this. If you're here this morning and you have not obeyed the gospel, I may not be able to say many things with certainty, but I can say this. You're not ready. If you're of the age of accountability and you have sinned and you have fallen away from God, you're not ready until you obey the gospel. And that's why we always extend this invitation. If you will confess your faith, repent of your sins, and be baptized this morning, behave your sins washed away, you can be ready. Please, God, as we stand and sing. Science calls me.